Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host, and the website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Today we are resuming our series, The Last Generation. And the first few weeks we focused on the book of Enoch. And uh, for the next few weeks we're going to be reading through some of the apocryphal book of Second Esdras. And uh, we're going to start with chapters 4 and 5 today. Picking up where Esdras is getting this knowledge from God through a messenger, an angel uh, that is sent to him. And he's, he's asking some really hard questions. Um, and then in chapter 5, uh, there's just description of what the world will be like before the end. And what's troubling is some of it hasn't really come to pass, but most of it is just spot on with with our culture and with our society uh, worldwide, really, in the generation and in the time that we are living in now. So that is what we're going to be looking at this morning, and I pray in the powerful name of Jesus and the powerful name of Yeshua that you would be blessed by this this morning. A uh, quick reminder, this broadcast is brought to you by you, the listener. It's 100% listener-supported. Please consider uh, helping to make this possible. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash truthfed or just go to scriptureandprophecy.com and click on the donate and support tab there. All links are in the description on the YouTube channel as well. All right, let's have a look. Second Esdras, we're going to start with chapter 4. We're going to read chapters 4 and 5 today. Let's begin. Then the angel that had been sent to me, whose name was Uriel, answered and said unto me, Your understanding has utterly failed regarding this world. And do you think you can comprehend the way of the Most High? Then I said, Yes, my lord. And he replied to me, I have been sent to show you three ways and to before, put before you three problems. If you can solve one of them for me, I also will show you the way you desire to see and will teach you why the heart is evil. I said, Speak on, my lord. And he said to me, Go, wave for me the weight of fire, or measure for me the measure of wind, or call back for me the day that is past. I answered and I said, Who of those that I have been born can do this, that you ask me concerning these things? And he said to me, If I have asked you, How many dwellings are in the heart of the sea, or how many streams are in the source of the deep, or how many streams are above the firmament, or which of these are the exits of hell, or which are the entrances of paradise? Perhaps, you would have said to me, I never went down into the deep, nor as yet into hell, neither did I ever ascend into heaven. But now I have asked you only about fire and wind and the day, things through which you have passed and without which you cannot ex exit, exist, and you have given me no answer about them. And he said to me, you cannot understand the things with which you have grown up. How then can your mind comprehend the ways of the Most High? And how can one who is already worn out by the corrupt world understand incorruption? When I heard this, 
I fell on my face. And I said to him, It would be better for us not to be here than to come here and to live in ungodliness and to suffer and to not understand why. He answered me and said, I went into a forest of trees of the plain. And they made a plan and said, Come, let us go and make war against the sea, that it, be, that it may recede before us, and that we may make for ourselves more forest. And in like manner the waves of the sea also made a plan and said, Come, let us go up and subdue the forest of the plain, so that there also we may gain more territory for ourselves. But the plan of the forest was in vain, for the fire came and consumed it. Likewise also the plan of the waves of the sea for the sand stood firm and stopped it. If now you were a judge between them, which would you undertake to justify and which to condemn? I answered and said, Each has made a foolish plan, for the land is assigned to the forest and the sea is assigned to the place to carry its waves. He answered me and said, You have judged rightly. But why have you not judged so in your own case? For as the land is assigned to the forest and the sea to its waves, so also, also, also those who dwell upon the earth can understand only what is on the earth. And he who is above the heavens can understand what is above the height of the heavens. Then I answered and said, I beseech you, my Lord, why have I been endowed with the power of understanding? For I did not wish to inquire about the ways above, but those things which we daily experience. Why Israel has been given over to the Gentiles as a reproach, and why the people whom you loved has been given over to godless tribes, and the law of our fathers has been made of no effect, and written covenants no longer exist, and why we pass from the world like locusts, and our life is like a mist, and we are not worthy to obtain mercy. But what will he do for his name by which we are called? It is about these things I have asked. He answered me and he said, If you are alive you will see, and if you live long you will often marvel, because the age is hastening swiftly to its end. For it would not be able to bring the things that have been promised to the righteous in their appointed times, because this age is full of sadness and infirmities. For the evil about which you ask me has been sown. But the harvest of it is not yet come. If therefore that which has been sown is not reaped, and if the place where the evil has been sown does not pass away, the field where the good has been sown will not come. For grain of evil seed was sown in Adam's heart from the beginning, and how much ungodliness it has produced until now, and will produce until the time of the threshing comes. Consider now for yourself how much fruit of ungodliness a grain of evil seed has produced. When heads of grain without number are sown, how great a threshing floor they will fill. Then I answered and said, How long and when will these things be? Why are our years few and evil? He answered me and said, You do not hasten faster than the Most High. For your haste is for yourself, but the Most High hastens on behalf of many. Did not the souls of the righteous in their chambers ask about these matters, saying, How long are we to remain here, and when will we come? When will come the harvest of our reward? And Jeremiel the archangel answered them and, and said, 
when the number of those like yourselves is completed, for he has weighed the age in balance, and measured the times by measure, and numbered the times by number, and he will not be moved or arouse them until that measure is fulfilled. Then I answered and said, O sovereign Lord, but all of us are full of ungodliness, and it is perhaps on account of us that the time of threshing is delayed for the righteous on account of the sins of those who dwell on the earth. He answered me and said, Go and ask a woman who is with child if, when her nine months have been completed, her womb can keep the child within her any longer. And I said, No, Lord, it cannot. And he said to me, In Hades the chambers of the souls are like the womb. For just as the woman is in travail and makes haste to escape the pangs of birth, so also do these places hasten to give back those things that were committed to them from the beginning. Then the things that you desire to see will be disclosed to you. And I answered and I said, If I have found favor in your sight, and if it is possible, and if I am worthy, show me this also, whether more time is to come than has passed, or whether for us the greater part has gone by. For I know what has gone by, but I do not know what is to come. And he said to me, Stand at my right side, and I will show you the interpretation of a parable. So I stood and I looked, and behold, a flaming furnace passed by before me. And when the flame had gone by, I looked, and behold, the smoke remained. And after this, a cloud full of water passed before me and poured down a heavy rain and violent rain. It poured down a heavy and violent rain, and when the rainstorm had passed, drops remained in the cloud. And he said to me, Consider it for yourself, for as the rain is more than drops and the fire is greater than the smoke, so the quantity that passed was far greater, but the drops and the smoke remained. Then I prayed and said, Do you think that I shall live into those days? Or who will be alive in those days? He answered me and said, Concerning the signs about which you asked me, I can tell you in part, but I was not sent to you to tell concerning your life, for I do not know. Alright, before we move on to chapter 5, I just want to say one of the things I like about Second Esdras, about Esdras, is that he asks real questions. You know, he's asking real questions, like questions that our, we ourselves might want to ask, like, why did the people pass away like locusts? You know, why did God create so many people to only for them to be destroyed? Which is a question that he asked later on. And, um, you know, asking about the time. Why does it keep going on like this? Why does, you know, why does evil continue to grow and, and righteousness seem to, to not grow? And, and the, you know, like God's law is nobody cares about it. And, you know, Israel is, you know, God's people is just overran by wickedness. And, you know, he's asking these real questions, uh, which I admire. Now, chapter 5 gives us a little glimpse about what the end will look like, according to this messenger, this angel that is speaking with Esdras. So let's take a look here. Verse 1. Now, concerning the signs, behold... The days are coming when those who dwell in the earth shall be seized with great terror, and the way of truth shall be hidden, and the land shall be barren of faith, and unrighteousness shall be increased beyond what you yourself see and beyond what you heard of formerly. 
real quick. I think that's a, a, a just a incredible description of the time we're living in right now. I mean, the way of truth has been hidden. And even those who have a little bit of truth, they have just that, just a little bit. The land really is barren of true faith. And unrighteousness, unrighteousness has increased to a level never really conceived before. And because we've grown up in it, we may not even realize how just bad it really is. How bad the wickedness really is because it's been part of our culture from our birth. Some of these disgusting and filthy ways. But compared to previous history, even compared to the early days of this country, some of the things that we permit that we call good, we would have been, our nation, as an example, would have been appalled by just 50 years ago. And so we are living in a time and a generation where wickedness and evil and unrighteousness is growing at such an exponential rate that it's even hard to keep up with. And the lack of faith and lack of understanding and lack of intelligence within the people is staggering how foolish how easily deceived the common people are the everyday people are and how evil those who rule the world and how disgusting they are we are living in that generation there's just there's just no doubt about it let's continue on here verse 3 and a land which you now see ruling shall be waste and trod and untrodden and men shall see it desolate. But if the Most High grants that you live, you shall see it thrown into confusion after the third period, and the sun shall suddenly shine forth at night, and the moon during the day. Please note that sounds a lot like something that the Book of Enoch prophesied, that there would be a time's going to come when like, the moon and the sun are, are appearing in the wrong times. Seasons will be out of whack. Blood shall drip from wood, and the stone shall utter its voice, and people shall be troubled, and stars shall fall. And one shall reign whom those who dwell on the earth do not expect, and the birds shall fly away together, and the sea of Sodom shall cast up fish, and one whom many do not know shall make his voice heard by night, and all shall hear his voice. There shall be chaos also in many places, and fire shall often break out, and the wild beasts shall roam beyond their haunts, and menstruous women shall bring forth monsters. And salt waters shall be found in the sweet, and all friends shall conquer one another. Then shall reason hide itself, and wisdom shall withdraw into its chamber. And it shall be sought by many, but shall not be found, and unrighteousness and unrestraint shall increase on the earth. And one country will shall ask its neighbor, Has righteousness or anyone who does right pass through you? And it will answer, No. In other words, there'll be no nation on earth where there's actual righteousness anymore. Welcome to 2020. And at that time, men shall hope but not obtain. They shall labor, but their ways shall not prosper. These are the signs which I am permitted to tell you. And if you pray again and weep as you do now and fast for seven days, 
you shall hear yet greater things than these. Real quick. It's important to note that Esdras' heart and attitude may be the reason why God permitted him to have a messenger sent to him. And, you know, we often say, well, I never hear from God. Esdras, first of all, wept and was brokenhearted about the world and the situation. That's number one. Blessed are those who mourn, right? Number two, he was fasting. He's fasting, mourning, praying. He's diligently seeking God. Not just giving his three-minute prayer for the day, and his three-minute Bible study reading, I mean, diligently seeking God, diligently grieving for His people, grieving for righteousness' sake, fasting, longing for answers from God. We have become so lukewarm. And I look in the mirror when I say these things. Verse 14. Then I awoke, and my body shuddered violently, and my soul was troubled that it fainted. But the angel who had come to talk with me held me and strengthened me and set me on my feet. Now on the second night, Faltiel, a chief of people, came to me and said, Where have you been, and why is your face sad? We have to part that we're missing here that we didn't read in chapters beforehand is that Ezra said kind of, uh, went out on his own. And so here we have a person coming, seeking him, trying to get him to come back to the people. But Ezra says, went out kind of like in a wilderness situation to pray and fast and seek God. And it's basically what's going on. Verse 17. Or do you not know that Israel has been entrusted to you in the land of their exile? Rise therefore and eat some bread so that we, you may not forsake us like a shepherd who leaves his flock in the power of cruel wolves. And then I said to him, Depart from me, and do not come near me for seven days, and then you may, then you may come near me. And he heard what I said and left me. So I fasted seven days, mourning and weeping, as Uriel the angel had commanded me. And after seven days the thoughts of my heart were very grievous to me again. Then my soul recovered the spirit of understanding, and I began once more to speak words in the presence of the Most High. And I said, O Sovereign Lord, from every forest of the earth and from all its trees, Thou hast chosen one vine. And from all the lands of the world, Thou hast chosen for Thyself one region. And from all the flowers of the world, Thou hast chosen for Thyself one lily. And from all the depths of the sea thou hast filled for thyself one river, and from all the cities that have been built thou hast consecrated Zion for thyself. And from all the birds that have been created thou hast named for thyself one dove, and from all the flocks that have been made thou hast provided for thyself one sheep, and from all the multitude of the peoples thou hast forgotten, thou hast gotten for thyself one people, and this people whom thou hast loved thou hast given the law which is approved by all. Esdras is making the point that out of all there is, and he makes this point later on, and it gets really, really interesting in some other chapters, about God has made all these people, but there's only a few that actually enter into paradise. There's only a few that he actually 
cares about, it seems. It's important to know that God has one people. And I know the dispensationalists and all these people, you know, all these other prophecy groups teach that you've got this group over here, the Jews over here, and believers over here, and there's one seed of Abraham, there's one Israel, there's one people. And the instrument of righteousness is faith, not DNA. And that is made clear throughout the scriptures over and over and over. There's one God and one people. Paul says there is no longer Jew or Gentile. Like that whole separation thing is done. We are all one under Messiah. Plain and simple, friends. The Bible is very clear about this, but in order to make certain doctrines work, prophecy teachers today have to really lean heavily on the idea that there's, like, God's only concerned about this group of people right now, and then he's going to return his focus to this group of people, and, and this, and this, and this. He has one people. Those who are redeemed, who have trusted in Messiah. That's all it is. I'm sure I'll get some heat about that, but that is what the scriptures clearly teach. And I make no uh, apologies about that. It's uh, very, very clear. Let's uh, continue on. We're getting close uh, to being finished here this morning. Verse 28. And now, O Lord, why hast thou given over the one to the many? and dishonored the one root beyond the others, and scattered thy only one among many. And those who are opposed thy promise have trodden down those who believe thy covenants. And if thou dost really hate thy people, then thy should have punished them in thy own hands. I have to stop for a minute and just, to, I like uh, Esdras's boldness and honesty. He's saying, you have scattered all your people among basically all the heathens around the world. You have opposed your promises, and those who actually trust in your covenant are the ones being trotted down. And he's saying, if you really hate your people this much to let them be oppressed and abused and used by the world, then you should have just punished them yourself instead of handing them over to the nations to be beaten and trodden down and to, to be, you know mistreated that's a bold statement but if we're honest if we really look deep we can understand what Esdras is saying he's like it seems based on the way your people around the world are treated in, in historical evidence that you hate your people like I, I just I love that honesty and of course he's going to get reproved and he's, he's missing pieces of the puzzle that he doesn't understand but I get where he's coming from and when I had spoken these words, the angel who come to me on a previous night was sent to me. And he said to me, listen to me and I will instruct you. Pay attention to me and I will tell you more. And I said, speak, my Lord. He said to me, you are greatly disturbed in mind over Israel. Or do you love him more than his maker does? And I said, no, my Lord, but because of my grief I have spoken for every hour I suffer agonies of heart. While I strive to understand the way of the Most High and search out part of his judgment. And he said to me, You cannot. 
And I said, Why not, my Lord? Why then was I born? Why did my mother's womb become not why didn't my mother's womb become my grave, that I might not see the travail of Jacob and the exhaustion of the people of Israel? He said to me, Count up for me those who have not yet come, and gather for me those gather for me the scattered raindrops and make the withered flowers bloom again for me. Open for me the closed chambers and bring forth for me the winds, shut them up, or show me the picture of a voice, and then I will explain to you the travail that you have asked to understand. And I said, O sovereign Lord, who is able to know these things except he who is dwelling is not with men? As for me, I am without wisdom, and how can I speak concerning these things which thou hast asked me? He said to me, Judge as you cannot do one of these, just as you cannot do one of these things that were mentioned, so you cannot discover my judgment or the goal of the love that I have promised my people. And I said, Yet behold, O Lord, thou dost have charge of those that are alive at the end, but what will those do who were before us, or we, or those who came after us? He said to me, I shall liken my judgment to a circle. Just as for those who are last, there is no slowness. For those who are first, there is no haste. And then I answered, I said, Because thou have not created at one time those who have been, and those who are, and those who will be, that thou mightest show thy judgment sooner. So, Ezra's just like, why couldn't you have created all your people at once? Like, why does this have to drag on and on and on? Verse 44, and he replied to me, The creation cannot make more haste than the Creator, neither can the world hold at one time those who have been created in it. And I said, How hast thou said to thy servant that thou wilt certainly give life at one time to thy creation? If therefore all creatures will live at one time, and the creation will sustain them, it might even now be able to support all of them present at one time. He said to me, Ask a woman's womb, and say to it, If you bear ten children, why one after another? Request it therefore to produce ten at one time. I said, Of course it cannot, but only each in its own time. And he said to me, Even so have I given the womb of the earth that those from time to time are sown in it. For as an infant does not bring forth, and a woman who has become old does not bring forth any longer, so have I organized the world which I created. Then I inquired and said, Since thou hast given me the opportunity, let me speak before thee. Is our mother of the womb that thou hast told me still young, or is she now approaching old age? He replied to me, Ask a woman who bears children, and she will tell you. Say to her, Why are those whom you have borne recently not like those whom you born before, but smaller in stature? And she herself will answer you, Those born in the strength of youth are different from those born during the time of old age, when the womb is failing. Therefore you also should consider that you and your contemporaries are smaller in stature than those who are before you. And those who come after you will be smaller than you, as born of creation which already is aging and passing and the strength of youth. And I said, O Lord, I beseech thee, if I have found favor in thy sight, show thy servant through whom thou dost visit thy creation. All right, that is chapters four and five. Very interesting stuff. You know, here at the end, uh, 
the the angel, the voice of God through the angel, is explaining to Esdras that you know, as a woman gets older, the the, she, the children she bears are smaller in stature than the ones she bears in her youth, and that is comparable as to what we see in the world. And I think there's like a literal component to this, like we are literally physically smaller than our ancestors. If we go, you know, we talk about giants and how there's been all these massive skeletons found and there's all kinds of proof that plants and insects and things were just larger, like pre-flood era, right? And now things have, are smaller and smaller. But likewise, even in just righteousness versus wickedness, as the earth gets older and we move closer and closer to the end, like the the righteousness is just like dwindling and decaying and even the righteous really aren't that righteous right compared to uh, how you know people viewed righteousness maybe a few thousand years ago and how diligently people obeyed god's law several thousand years ago as compared to what the righteous would be like today um and hopefully i'm making sense with with the thoughts i'm trying to put together here the point is is that the world is not getting better it's getting worse as it moves closer to the end um, the people aren't getting wiser or more godly. They're getting more evil and they're lacking knowledge. Yes, technology has increased, but the overall wisdom and understanding of the common person is just in the toilet. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how ignorant people are and how wisdom like the scriptures we're reading today say is fleeting during this time and that it's like hidden and like nowhere to be found. And like one country might ask another country, like, is there any righteousness in you? And the the other country will say, no, there's, there's not. There's no restraint. It says that wisdom shall withdraw into its chambers. It shall reason, like just reason, like common sense will just like flee and hide itself. And it will be sought by many, but it won't be found. And unrighteousness and unrestraint shall increase on the earth. If that's not a description of the days we're living in, then I don't know what is. Well, I hope that you've been blessed this morning by this study. And uh, we'll continue to do this for the next few weeks. If you have a suggestion on a another book that I should be uh, looking at to move this series even further past the next few weeks, uh, feel free to uh, let me know in the comments um, and things of that nature. Uh, but again, I just pray that you're being blessed and that uh, you know this is causing you to seek righteousness even more, right? Causing you to seek Him even more. That is all I have for you this morning. Please consider supporting the podcast, scriptureandprophecy.com, or even picking up a copy of the devotional, The End of Days, a 30-day devotional. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again tomorrow to do last week's Torah portion, and then we'll still have this week's Torah portion to do before the week is up. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next, until next time, God bless.